It's the Final Score Podcast. First one of 2019. Happy New Year to all of you out there. Proudly presented by PFP, Players Fitness and Performance here in Frederick. And on this episode, we will talk to uh, Daryl Whiten, the head coach of the Tuscarora boys basketball team, who will tell us all about uh, his his life uh, growing up playing basketball and tennis, uh, his, his career, why he enjoys coaching so much, and all of the interesting connections he has in the world of basketball. But first, we're going to take a quick spin around the county with, with uh, John Cannon of the Frederick News Post Sports Department. John, how are you? Happy Hi. New Year. Good. Yeah, Glad to be here. The girls' basketball scene I wanted to ask you about because it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I know you I know you saw a good game last night between uh, between uh, Oakdale and uh, Middletown, and it seems like those two teams are going to be sort of button heads all season uh, and, and into the playoffs for that two-way West championship. Yeah, I mean, I, if I uh, remember right, I looked this up. I think they're on opposite sides of the bracket in the uh, Class 2A West, so if they met, it would be in the championship game, and I think the odds of that happening are probably pretty good. Uh, it was a great game. They're they're two different types of teams. Middletown, um, they have a they have like a half court offense. They've got you know, um, Sailor Poffenbarger's. I'll say she's six foot two and can nail threes from the outside. So she can play. She's the most uh, one of the premier weapons in Frederick County, um, offense, um, numer- defensively as well, but offensively, uh, in this case because when you look at Oakdale, they don't really have that dynamic offensive player, but they just play great defense, and they get up and down the floor, and they've got so many different people they rely on. And so it was a contrast uh, in styles, and it was a good game. I mean, Yeah, uh, one-point game, right? One-point game. Oakdale prevailed, but, I mean, it could have gone either way. You know? and, and, and Brianna Walker, it's interesting. She, she was at Oakdale, went to Middletown, and is back at Oakdale. So what was the dynamic like with her? She had a good game. She, I, mean, I remember she had a couple three-pointers early in the game. Again, she's one of many – very good players on that team um and she she could shoot from the outside she can play good defense you have to play good defense on that team to to play and then she's a good passer so uh just adding her back to that team that that already good team is going to make them really tough Oakdale. uh the tj girls i mean we just had bill miskell on here uh, uh here on the podcast a short while ago i mean they're really enjoying a resurgence i think they're 10 and 0 now um mm-hmm. as, as of the middle of the week and, and and you saw them recently. What what strikes you about uh, the TJ girls? Again, they've got um, – you can't just key on one player. I mean, Bree Forbes might stick out, and she does stick out rightfully so when you look at them right away. But they've got numerous other players as well. Um, uh, Daisha Reed, Simone Walmsley. Uh, they get a freshman, Sean Jones, and, and all four of those uh, contribute as well as others. But they're they're the main contributors, and they're tough to to stop. And they they they're well coached, and they uh, they're they're in the mix now with all these other Frederick County teams and the usual suspects. So they're they're right up there. It's going to be an interesting season. I mean, they have a good roster, obviously. But what is what do you think? Bill Miskell has brought to that that team that has really helped them. <laughs> yeah, well, they just uh, they just seem more uh, what's the word cohesive, I guess is the word. They play yeah. well together, very mm-hmm. well together. They seem to really like each other, and not a lot of selfishness there. there there's not you know five different individuals out there. They play well as a team, and uh, that's that's uh, that's important. And uh, this week we have the big uh, game, uh, the, the city game. It, 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 for for girls basketball, it seems like one of the bigger city games that I could remember recently with with Frederick, the two time reigning. Uh, State champions and and and, te- and undefeated TJ. I mean, it, 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 what are you looking forward to the most? Because it should be a great game. <laughs> I keep thinking. I, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I keep thinking. Uh, you know, I'm a movie guy, and right. I, I, one of my favorite sports movies is Miracle on Ice. And I keep thinking of that speech the USA coach gave his team. I don't want to call the Frederick 
the girls the Russians by any means, but they are the right. heavy favorites here. Right. And I remember him saying, you know, basically, uh, I, I quote my, the U.S. coach said, well, if we play them 10 times, they might beat us nine. And, you know, I think you almost have the, one of those situations here where Fredericks has to be favored, but TJ could win. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you'd bet on Frederick, but, I mean, it. I could see a, a situation where, you know, TJ has a possibility. They're not a, it wouldn't be a total, total shock. Yeah, and the rest of the team, like Walkersville, the, the, they, they seem uh, – they're maybe uh, re- rebuilding a little bit. Ligonor has a very young team as well. So, so it'll be interesting to see what other teams could could uh, jump in there uh, in, in the mix there in girls' basketball. But the, but that city game should be great on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our high school page, the prep page, starts next week. Um, and, and you and Bill Colley are instrumental in putting that together. Just how do people get you know, stats and, and, and information for that? Well, now it's so. email nowadays. Okay, yeah. uh, once upon a, when I first came up here, it used to be phone calls and then fax machines, and now we're at email, and I don't know what's next. Okay. <laughs> so Jay Cannon at NewsPost.com. Uh, we, we always appreciate getting stats um, and, uh, and and records and, re- and results, uh, um, and uh, we, we, we you'll see rankings on, on the prep page. Um, so... Uh, that begins next week, and then it'll, it'll run every week uh, throughout the course of the winter season. The winter season always seems like such a sprint to the finish line once, once you get past the new year, right? Yeah, it just goes really fast. And then you throw some weather in there as well, which I guess we're going to have, and then games stack up, and then they try to get them all in at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, they, they, it should be an interesting season for sure. Um, I mean, you know, Frederick's defending state, two-time defending state champion, so they have to be a favorite to go. And that 2A West, I mean, I'll say Oakdale, Middletown, phew, I think flip a coin, you know, in there. And uh, you can't count Walkersville out. I'm, I have not seen them yet, I'll admit, but they're always a solid team. I'm sure right. Hey, John, thanks for stopping by. And uh, in just a minute, we will uh, get into the boys' basketball scene here in Frederick County with uh, Daryl Whiten, head coach of uh, Tuscarora. St- stay tuned with us here on The Final Score. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. Daryl Whiten is the head coach of the Tuscarora Boys basketball team, and we are very pleased to have him on this week on the Final Score Podcast. How are you, Daryl? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for the invite and having me on. Absolutely. I mean, uh, seasons, uh, we're past the holiday break now, and it's always a, it seems like a f- sprint to the finish when, once, once you get past the holidays because – We'll have another month or so of basketball, and then it'll be playoff time. Does the season always move fast to you? Uh, it, it's pretty much it, it does. I mean, it's so exciting. It seems like it never it never ends. I mean, our thing is that, I mean, you know, we, we take no time off. Uh, we don't want that question to be asked during the winter saying, you know, what did you do all summer? Um, so it just seems like it never ends. But, yes, it, it does, uh, uh, although go by um, pretty fast. How do you deal with the uh, holiday break? I mean, you have Christmas and New Year's. You have families traveling. I'm sure players – 
uh, and need some need some time away. I mean, how, how do you guys approach that and deal with that? Well, well pretty much. I mean, we, we still practice over the uh, uh, over the Christmas break. Uh, of course, we, uh, we we don't practice on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, we've been very fortunate. Uh, none of our players have basically have left the area um, for a, a Christmas holiday. I mean, that's hap- uh, has happened in the past of other programs I've been in. Uh, but we've been pretty fortunate there at, at Tuscarora and uh, kids and family making um, some sacrifices to stay around on a holiday. You guys usually play in some sort of tournament, don't you? That is correct. Right. And wh- where do you normally go? Uh, we, we play in the uh, Montgomery County, uh, Frederick County Challenge uh, this year. And we was very fortunate. Uh, we, we won both games. We beat Watkins Mills as well as um, uh, Clarksburg. We were okay. the only team uh, in, in the actual tournament that actually went 2-0. and Really? Okay. Yes. And, and, and record now is, is seven and two. Seven and two. Yes. So, so, so a good start for you guys. I, I, tell us about your team. I mean, what 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 makes these guys tick? You, you know, the thing of it is, I mean, it's it's family oriented. Uh, everybody loves and respects one another. Um, we work so hard together in practice. Uh, everybody wants to learn. Uh, just trying to get better, better each and every day. And, and not only that, I mean, not only learn on the court, but also off the court. And, and you know, Urban Myers uh, had said over the weekend during his uh, final game, one of his speech, he basically said that this is the best team that he's ever had coach in, in all of college football. And then I heard um, uh, the coach from the Ravens, uh, you know, who said the same thing. He said, in 33 years that I've coached, this is the best team I've ever had. And, and, and I can go on record and say this is – you know, one of the best family-oriented teams that, that we've had here um, at Tuscarora. These guys are just uh, so down to earth, they're so humble, and they really care and work um, uh, for one another. Yeah, I'm looking at your, at your roster here, and uh, it's a big senior class, right? Uh, uh, you have you have a lot of seniors, some juniors as well. So it's so it's an experienced group you have. It, it, it is. It is. I mean, last year, I mean, we, we didn't have many uh, uh, kids that was actually on court varsity experience. Uh, but this year we, we returned quite a few, although they, they moved up from the JV level and they had uh, uh, they played a, a much more minutes uh, in the JV. But, uh, you know, with the group that, that we have returned, I mean, we're really excited about this a group of kids. Uh, who, who are your top players? I mean, uh, Tremaine Strickland, uh, guard Anthony Davis, Jack Kelly. I mean, uh, who, are the, who, are the, who are your horses this year, Daryl? Well, I, I, I tell you, it, it, it's a collaborative effort. Uh, we have a lot of good basketball players. Uh, of course, Tremaine Strickland uh, sticks out. Uh, there at the top. I mean, he's probably uh, one of the top uh, leading scorers in the area. He's a returning uh, a, a player, a starter. Uh, he's been in the varsity program for three years. Anthony Davis is another uh, good quality player, you know, that we really enjoy uh, uh, um, playing. Uh, Jack Kelly, unfortunately, he, um, he had gotten injured, but he's working his way back and is pretty much next man up. And then we have uh, Josh Drohan, who's a junior um, one-two uh, combo guard, and he's doing a great job for us as well. And this year we're pretty fortunate. We have two uh, sophomores on the team that's getting some valuable minutes. Uh, James Quinn, um, who's actually a um, he's a combo, more or less like a point guard, as well as uh, Thomas Grossroth, who's a uh, uh, one of our big players uh, as a sophomore. Yeah, so, six-five center. Yeah, so yeah. We're, yeah, we're really excited, you know, about this group that we have. Thomas is six five, but you mentioned James Quinn, who's five nine. Tremaine's five nine, and uh, and Josh uh, Drohan is, is is five nine. So you guys are getting it done with with players that don't look like prototypical basketball players. Yeah, height wise, no. I mean, but heart wise, I mean, these guys are are, are very good uh, basketball players. I mean, they have a great basketball IQ, great uh, sense of course awareness, uh, what they need to do, and 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 everybody's basically accepting their role. 
um, and not only accepting the role, but performing well, um, whatever it is that needs to be done. How, how do these guys get around the fact that they're not the tallest players out there? Well, I, I think one of the things is that um, they, they did a great job during the offseason. They worked very hard, and, and they know what it takes. Uh, we our, our whole motto is basically is that, you know, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, we got to go together. And we're all pieces of the puzzle, and everybody has a piece of the puzzle. As long as we can put these pieces together, you know, I feel that we can be very successful. Tremaine, what, what makes him a special uh, player? I, I think his basketball IQ, I think his leadership I, I think is uh, off-season workout and what he brings to the court um, you, you see him sometimes out there and you're like wow how did this guy basically get by people and that's just having that basketball IQ and know what you can and can't do at any given moment but he's he brings a lot of good leadership uh, to our program how about Anthony Oh, Anthony Davis, he's just a workhorse. Uh, he'll do pretty much anything. He's the kid that, you know, you'll give him some instructions. Uh, he, he'll just look at you, and he, his answer is, yes, coach, or I'll get it done. And he goes out and he gets it done. I mean, he worked very hard during the offseason uh, as well. He worked on uh, more or less attacking the rim and not settling for jump shots. So um, we're real excited about his play also. Does he play like the Anthony Davis of the, of, of, of the NBA? Well, knowing Anthony Davis of the NBA <laughs> from University of Kentucky, yeah. I, I would say that um, his heart is just as uh, uh, as strong as the uh, as the NBA player. Right, and, and, and tell us about Jack Kelly too. Uh, Jack Kelly, I mean, again, he brings some leadership uh, to this particular basketball program. Uh, his work ethic, uh, and th- this guy here is—I remember when he was a freshman, I used to call him a gym rat. I used to have to almost chase him out the gym. Uh, half the time because he was on the uh, on the JV team and we was ready to wrap up practice and you could still the lights would be out and he's still bouncing the ball but you know just a great kid and a great leadership as well you guys are in the 3A West I mean uh, what what are your expectations for this group well I mean like any other group I mean we would like to basically be the team that comes out the uh, the 3A West Uh, we know um, that there's a lot of uh, parity in our league and we're going to have to basically show up each and every day. You know, but the ultimate goal is, as uh, Jim, the late Jim Valvano will say, basically, you know, survive in advance. You know, practice cutting down the nets, and, and that's one of the things we would like to do. Okay. I mean, TJ made the run last year. I mean, Ligonor is always good. The, the Hagerstowns are in there. So those are, those are the guys you guys are, are, are battling with uh, to, to, to go down to the University of Maryland and play in the state semifinals. Can can you take can your guys take something from the run that TJ made last year and just the other good programs in this area? I, I think we can, and and one of the things is that we're learning is that you know we're only basically one bounce away um, from actually you know going to that next level and and cracking it open as far as uh, obtaining a regional championship. And, and it will happen in due time. Um, we're just going to continue to work hard and, and just get better each and every day. And uh, I feel with this group, that's what we're doing. You spent most of your life in this area, Daryl. I mean, and, and, and we've had some really great eras for, for boys basketball. I mean, you, you look at Tom Dickman's teams at Thomas Johnson. You look at some of the players that have come through here, uh, Terrence Morris and, 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 and guys like that. What do you make of the current state of boys basketball in this county? Well, I, I think there's still a lot of parity. There's a lot of uh, – it's just that back in those days, I, I, I think that a lot of the players, you know, they played more uh, pickup ball and they weren't afraid to go anywhere to play because our thing was that if you could play at what we call JHU, that was John Hanson University, John Hanson Apartments, if you could play there, you could play anywhere uh, because the competition was just so unbearable. Um, is that where you lived? That the, yeah, yes. Yeah, right. and, and when you could play in those kind of areas and you could play that street ball and just get the physicality, and nowadays it just seems like uh, more. Have we, have we gotten away from that? I, I, I think in some cases because what's happening now is we have a, everybody wants a trainer. 
Um, and you see like everybody that may be a part of your club, I mean, may have an individual trainer where back in those days you just went out and you may have gone to basketball camps. Uh, there wasn't much AAU as what it is right now. And we just don't want kids to lose, lose focus on what it is that he or she should be doing. And, and our thing is that, you know, a lot of kids have the tendency to they want to be microwavable players. They want you to be in a microwave and you hit the done button and, you know, I'm an All-American. But we're basically trying to teach them to trick in the old and used to say, boy, that smells good. And your mother, your grandmother say, hey, don't you touch that. And that was basically the cake in the oven. And then when the cake came out of the oven, you know, she said, don't let it cool down, let it simmer, don't you touch that. And then after we allow that to happen, then they put the icing on it, then you get the finished product, and that's trust in the process. You know, nowadays it just seems like nobody wants to go in the oven more people want to go into the microwave. Yeah, how has the AAU culture sort of sort of shaped high school basketball today? Well, I I, I think what what's happening is that you know we, we always tell uh, kids as well as parents you know make sure you know that you're doing the right thing, make sure that you are evaluating the program and find out exactly you know what, what's happening because. You, figure, you look at it, there's all kinds of AAU teams out here now, not only here in Frederick County, but in the state of Maryland or nationwide. So you, you really have to do your homework and, and make sure that you're getting the best for what your, your, your buck is basically spending. How, how, how do you become a basketball coach? Um, I, I the late Bud Rogers, uh, who was my coach in, in high school at Frederick, uh, and we had some good runs at state championships along with uh, Bill Brooks. Um, I, I just always wanted to be able to reach and teach and, and give back to, to young folks. Uh, playing at Clarion University and, and playing with John Calipari and then being able to go to basketball camps, work basketball camps. And I was like, man, what better way would this be to get back into this game and and the place that you come from uh, to help young people to be successful. Did you play other sports growing up, or or, I, or was basketball always your I, sport? I played tennis, and believe it or not, I had tennis? Ten, I okay. had tennis scholarships uh, when I was in college, and my mother will tell me today that I wish you would have went on and played tennis. And there's well, another general. I, I don't know. I I, I think she – you know, she really thought I was a pretty good tennis player, as well as uh, Stan Biggis, who's a Frederick County Hall of Famer. He used to say the same thing. You should have probably accepted. I wish you would have accepted some of those uh, tennis scholarships and play. You know, and and one day, hopefully, I'll be able to make the transition to not only be a basketball coach, but maybe in the spring be a tennis coach. You want to be a tennis coach? Okay. I, I I would like to maybe uh, do that someday. How did, how did you get into tennis? Well, I mean, when I was a young kid, uh, back in the early, I guess you want to say maybe. 70s or 80s or whatever and I, I picked up a tennis racket I used to play with a gentleman by the name of Terry Bowie um, and he pretty much latched me on along with uh, Spencer Bowie and just had a love for the game and, and where, then, where would you guys play uh, we played at McCurdy Field okay um, and from McCurdy Field we would play um, down at uh, we call it Second Street um, the tennis courts which is right. now Fleming Avenue um, and, and from there, I mean, I was a, uh, a, a state finalist uh, in doubles um, uh, three years. I went all the way down to the University of Maryland, uh, played with a guy by the name of Paul Utt, uh, the Utts around here in Frederick County, and he had a tennis court in his backyard. I was pretty fortunate to practice there as well, but I, I loved the game of tennis. Did you play tennis more than basketball? I don't think I played more. I, I played just as much okay. um, because tennis was a thing also where I could just go out and just play by myself, just hit the wall. Right. So, so you'd come home from school, 
And then if, 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 if and then what you would go to the tennis court or you'd go to the basketball court or what, how would, how would you decide? Well, when I came from school it was books before ball. Okay. <laughs> so, I, so I had to take you to the academic uh, portion before I could do anything. You, and you always did your homework before you, before you always, went outside. Always. Always. I mean, that, yeah, my, my mother basically, you know, would always stress, you know, if you, if there's, you know, no books, no ball. Um, and that was the whole thing. And, and I tell you, and that was just embedded into me as a young child. So, my whole thing was that you know I had to do that, but I but I did enjoy uh, playing tennis. Were you a good student? I was a very good student. You were. I'm yeah. not being modest. No, I, no, I, was I a know. Very good student. So a straight A type student. I was an honor roll student. Okay. Yeah. And what 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 subject did you did you like? Uh, the but the subject that I liked the most was actually believe it or not I like chemistry. Okay. Um, and not only chemistry, I, I like math. So I mean, those are the two things you know that I really enjoy. Um, while I was in high school. And, and did you have siblings uh, growing up? Yes, I have a younger brother uh, that grew up with me, too. He's five years. He ended up uh, going to uh, Frederick Community College and ended up at Bowie State University. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was, was he an athlete, too? Yes. I mean, was, yeah, he always claims that he's the best shooter of the family. I was a distributor, and he was a shooter. And that debate still goes on, even when we're having dinners or we're out. You know, he said, you know, I was the best scorer, and you was just the best uh, distributor. Well, do you guys have a hoop you could settle it on or, 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 or anything like that? Do you, have, do you have a hoop in your driveway or something? You can well, go out with your brother and, well, and, and, and settle the score finally? Or? Yeah, we, we would do that, but it, whoever wins, it, you're basically saying, you know, I may not been feeling well that day, so you know, <laughs> oh. we want rematches. So, 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 the, so the excuses uh, were, were, were at the ready. So Yes. Um, did you watch tennis on, on, on TV growing up? I, did you, I sure did. You, did. did you watch Wimbledon I, and, I sure and, and, and got yes. up early? And, yes. and who were your favorite Breakfast players? Breakfast of Wimbledon. Yeah, uh, right, Arthur, exactly. Arthur Ashe, uh, yeah, of, right. of course. I, I really liked Arthur Ashe because, I mean, he was showing that you know, a man of color or anyone of color could actually basically be successful in this sport. But one of my biggest mentors and, and, and role models that I like playing tennis and I more or less uh, kind of emulate was John Lucas, uh, who played tennis at University Correct. of Maryland. Correct. I really like the fact that he played tennis and he played basketball. I had a chance to meet John Lucas uh, at Frederick Community College when uh, um, Coach Pan Al Panza was the coach there, and he came and he worked the uh, the basketball camps. He was one of the guest speakers there. And then meeting a shocker smart at University of Texas and working his camps every summer, I'm able to actually uh, connect with Jay Lucas, uh, you know, his son. And I always tell him the story, you know, about me just idolizing his dad and just thinking, you know, the world of him. What did what did you think of McEnroe and Borg and Connors and well, and, and, and those guys? Well, I mean, they were good players, but let's even think about Ilya Nastasi. You yeah, know, right. back then, I mean, you you were thinking that you know some of the things that he got away with wouldn't even last in today's uh, day and age as right. far as uh, attendance. I mean, you saw what happened with Serena Williams, and then you see what some of the things that John McEnroe would be, his comments would be, or Jimmy Connor, their gestures. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a different era now. When, when you dreamed of who you wanted to be when you played tennis, was it, was it Arthur Ashe? Or? It, you know, Arthur Ashe was basically it's always a dream, but the thing is I just always I saw John Lucas do both. The only thing different from me and John Lucas, I thought there was he was left-handed and I was right-handed. Okay, basketball-wise, was it was it the Washington I, Bullets or, or, or who was the Sixers or who was who was your team growing? Well, up? I've always been a Laker fan. Okay, I've always been a Laker fan. You know, but no disrespect to my local team here. You know, the, the Wizards, the Bullets, and well, so forth. I mean, forth. you were a young kid during yes. the Showtime right. Lakers and stuff like uh, that. I remember so, Norm Nixon. I remember uh, Wilkes. I, I remember. Uh, um, Jamal Wilkes, you know, I remember right. Bob McAdoo and those guys. So, you know, the interesting story is that one of my former pastors used to be the ball boy for the Los Angeles Lakers. He still has his check 
when he was actually ball boy, when they won the uh, NBA championship back when they had Jamal Wilkes and so forth. He still has a copy of that particular check. He said it was only like 100 bucks, but back then it was a lot of money. And, and you were a kid during the Showtime Lakers. So uh, when they were on TV, it had to be, it had to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, right. well, I mean, just watching them going up and down the court. But my favorite basketball player, you know, always been Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I, I've always uh, liked Isaiah Thomas. I, I just like the way that he played in Indiana. Then, of course, you know, Magic Johnson, those guys. So um, it was very interesting. Yeah, they, they, they played in the finals uh, a couple times there in the, in, in the late 80s. They, so, they did. Right. And, and after I got out of college, I actually had an uh, opportunity to play CBA ball, which is now the G League or the D League. Um, and I was actually um, invited back to play um, with the um, Baltimore, Baltimore Lightning. At the time, Henry Bibby was the head coach. And we had over close to 100, 100 uh, individuals try out. And I was one of the few that was actually called back uh, to training camp. Went back to training camp and then was going back uh, the next day. And that's when they actually, Adrian, Adrian Branch was cut from the Los Angeles Lakers and he came and he joined the team. So they, they signed him. So then when Adrian uh, Branch goes back to the league, what ended up happening was I was called back, but then they called Gene Smith uh, from uh, Georgetown. So it became a numbers game, but I was really excited to have that opportunity. So yeah, tennis and basketball playing growing up. Why did you choose to play tennis, or excuse me, basketball in college rather than tennis? Um, I, I just like the team sport. Um, I, I really in, enjoyed basketball, and, and at the time, you know, you really didn't see uh, a lot of uh, young folks of color that was actually uh, uh, playing the game of tennis. And, and my thing was that, um, you know, we, we always involved in the core sports, baseball, basketball, you know, football. I, I just didn't want to do tennis at the next level. Although I had an opportunity where I went to school at, I mean, I could still play intramurals, and I was asked, you know, see if I wanted to trial for the tennis team. My only thing was two collegiate sports and trying to do what I'm supposed to do as far as obtain a uh, college degree. I think it was going to be a little bit too tough for me. And how'd you end up at Clarion? Uh, it was um, uh, a coach uh, here, a local um, that was real good friends with Joe DiGregorio, who was the coach at the time at Clarion. And he said, you know, there's a, there's a kid here in Frederick I think you need to take a look at. Um, and I went up. I had a visit. Uh, they made me an offer, and it was uh, to God be the glory. It was truly a blessing. And you were a point guard? Yes. Uh, okay. So, so you were that you were that distributor. So, that is so, so I see why you liked Isaiah Thomas yes. uh, so much because cause he did that so well. And, 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 could you, and you could shoot, too. Yes, absolutely. Right. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? When when did education and coaching really become a big part of your future? I, I, I think uh, wanting to be a coach was uh, probably ever since I even went to basketball camp. I, I always said that, you know, if, if I can't obtain it at the next level. Did you I'll, think you were going to play in the NBA one day? I, I didn't think so much of the NBA, although that's every kid's dream, but I just – had the dream and the aspirations of basically playing a CBA ball and having that opportunity. You that wanted was, to play was, pro basketball. That, that is correct. Yeah. And and back when I was growing up, a lot of uh, overseas teams, they weren't taking guards because they already had small people. They were looking for uh, the folks that were in the States. They was looking for bigs. But now it's, you know, hit so many people in so many leagues out there. You got guys all over. What do you think of the way the basketball has sort of transformed where now you see all these guys in the NBA and even in it trickles down into college? in high school in the AAU scene you got these six seven kids and they, and they can really shoot and handle the ball like these these big the 
What do you think of the way the big is transformed in basketball? Well, I think it's pretty interesting. It just shows the athleticism. I mean, when you got a guy that's six seven, six eight, that can be a stretch four, or stretch five. I mean, that really you know does a lot for your ball club. And then you look at the NBA. Not only are they stretching people as far as uh, moving them out from uh, closer. I mean, excuse me, away from the basket, but you're also looking at them. They're able to handle the basketball as well. So, I mean, I, I wish there was one day where. My players could not look at the NBA, <laughs> you know, because sometimes everybody wants to emulate, you know, emulate something that that, that someone else is, is doing uh, on the court. Why has it changed so much? Why why is it? Ch- and it seems quickly too. It seems like it's been a rapid transformation into this. Any, anyone can play any position type of, type of basketball. Well, well, I think safety is is becoming a big thing. You know, when it comes to any sport, um, you know, you don't see a lot of physicality. You know, in the NBA, I mean, you now you, what what the uh, Detroit uh, I'm mean, excuse me, what the Detroit Pistons used to do back in the day with Bill Lambeard, Isaiah Thomas, and Joe Dumars. If you went down to the lane, you know, they was making sure you wasn't coming the next time. Nowadays, if you do that, that's, you automatically is going to probably be a flagrant two and you're going to probably be disqualified from the game. So, so I think it, it, it's changed, you know, somewhat of safety and the, uh, the physicality of things that you can and can't do. But aren't, aren't these like six, seven guys that can shoot, these six, eight guys that are stretch players, aren't they shoving short guys like us out of the game a little bit? I, I think so in, in a sense, but, but also I, I think that some of the smaller guys that are in the league, they're just so tough. I mean, their mental toughness and, and, and their physicality and their heart is just so good, uh, and, and their toughness is really keeping them around. Is that what you were known for, your, your, your toughness? Because you're not, you're not the tallest basketball player either. No, so. I, although there was one time on our college roster they had me at 6'2", and I was like, wow, that, that's pretty good if I'm <laughs> 6'2", but I'm, I'm far from 6'2". But, but, but you just have to be that, you know, the physicality. You have to be able to play good, solid, tough defense and have that type of heart. Is that what you try and instill in, in, in your players? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So where have you coached in Frederick County? You've coached at uh, TJ? I, I, I've coached at TJ. Um, I've also coached at um, uh, the Frederick Flyers. I don't know how far you go back. That was a pro team here in Frederick, and Jim Weddle was actually the coach there. So okay. I basically helped out there. And I, when, when was that? What, uh, what era? Well, I'm, 90s, I'm, 80s? That may have been in the, in the late 80s, okay. I think it was. And then also um, I was at FCC. Uh, under Jim Weddle as well. I coached there. I coached at Frederick High School under Tom Faskus. Um, went to Thomas Johnson. I was there uh, with the boys and the girls program. I yeah, mean, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about that. Was that, was that your first high school head yes. coaching gig? Yes, I was Thomas there. Johnson, Thomas Johnson. Thomas Johnson. Thomas Johnson girls. Girls. And then from there, I, I was transitioned over to the boys. Uh, and I was truly blessed with the opportunity by the late um, Coach Wolf um, there at, at, at Thomas Johnson. What is the difference between coaching the boys and the girls? Well, I get that asked that question a lot. I mean, they, you know, they both have what's called ease. And one has egos and ones are more emotional. Okay. Um, you know, but they both also have the D, and that's the desire. And, and any time you have young people that are just willing uh, to do whatever to get better. And, and I found that with girls, if you can just assist them in raising their self-esteem just a little, they're going to pretty much buy into your program a lot easier. Where sometimes it's a little challenging on the boys' side. You have to rein them in a little bit, right? Right, because the boys, it, it's like you may tell them something. They may say, ah, coach, that's good. I understand that. But you know what? I um, I still think I can do it this way as well. You know, so so it, it's almost one of those things where, you know, girls are more receptive than what, you know, some of the boys are. Yeah. What did it mean to you to become a head coach at TJ? <laughs> if you only knew. I mean, it, it's a, it's truly a blessing, you know, to be second in, be sitting in the second chair for a long period of time, 
and not knowing when your number was going to be called. It, it was just uh, it, it was a total you know, honor. I was very thankful for Marty Tarr, who was the principal there, as well as uh, Steve Nibbs at the time was the athletic director uh, for giving me such a wonderful opportunity. And I told him from day one, after I thanked him for the job, I told him I would not let you down. And how did you get your first coaching job? You said you were an assistant uh, growing up. Yes, I was assistant coach uh, in, in high school. Well, the, the, the first coaching job was, uh, um, was at Frederick High School with uh, Tom Faskas. Uh, then from there, I, how, I, how did yeah. you get that job? I I, I, um, I was working out with uh, Coach Faskas. He knew who I was, and as well as uh, some other recommendations that that came in, and he was looking for a few assistants. So from there, um, once I got that uh, position, then it was really just like um, lights on, and you know, pretty much uh, things happened from there. What does it involve to be a basketball coach on the high school level? I mean. You got you guys watch films, set up practices. I mean, how much time does it take, or how much time do you put into your job? It seems well, like a lot. I'll tell you, my wife would love to answer that for you. That's for right. sure. Uh, but it is. It, it's an ongoing uh, uh, process. I mean, our thing is that we practice. Uh, we have film sessions uh, every week. Uh, we do strength and conditioning, you know, once a week. So it, it's a whole gamut. We we go six days a week. And then not only that, we, we try to do a lot of things in the community. You know, we go visit. We go to the hospital. Uh, we go to the homeless shelters. You know, we go to the soup kitchen. And, you know, because these guys, you know, the, these ball players, these student athletes have to see the other side of the wall outside of the court. So that way it can make you be a lot more gratifying and grateful for what it is that you're able to yeah, do. Yeah, don't, don't take things for granted Absolutely. Know, quite as much. So, Daryl, you're a very well-connected guy. I mean, you mentioned guys like Shaka Smart and John Calipari. I mean, how, how did you meet these guys? I mean, how did you come into contact with them? Well, well Coach Calipari, he and I played together at Claren. He was okay. a senior and um, uh, when I was a freshman. And, you know, we just basically stayed connected the whole time. And he was more or less showing me the ropes as a, uh, a freshman point guard, the do's and the don'ts, uh, teaching me some things. And we've and he'd give me his number, and he always used to say, when are you going to come to Memphis? This is when he was at Memphis, you know, and, and come down and work camps. I said, I'll get there one day, whatever. And I finally ended up going. And then from there, when he went to Kentucky, I've been going there pretty much ever since. I haven't gone in the last couple of years, you know, but I always have that connection you know, with him. And when, when are these camps? Uh, they're, they're in the summer, uh, around in July. Okay. And, 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 which is good. I mean, it, it, it works out well. I mean, you get a chance to meet all the other players, staying connected with guys like Anthony Davis, you know, John Wall, you know, the DeMarcus Cousins, and just the, the, you know, the whole Kentucky Big Blue Nation. Right. I mean, who are, who are some of the other players that you, you've worked with at camps and stuff like that that have come through and gone on to big uh, the most careers? recent one, uh The most recent one I, I worked with was um, at Texas was um, uh, Mobama. Um, and the thing about him, you know, I, I, I was actually – I was sticking my chest out, so to speak. Uh, we was doing some drills, and he looked over, and he said, Coach, you still got it. And I said, boy, and he just really pumped me up, and I just couldn't leave well enough alone. I ended up twisting my ankle. Uh, oh, no kidding. Yeah, I ended up twisting my ankle, you know, but I never let them see that the ankle was <laughs> twisted until we walked through and went to the uh, uh, to the women's practice facility, and I, was, <laughs> I had to get some ice and stuff for it. But a lot of good guys that, that come through both of those programs. So how many camps do you work? 
Well, I, I was at, I was offered to work uh, Alabama last year. I, I wasn't able to actually go because the the time actually uh, didn't coincide with um, with what it was uh, uh, that I was available for. Right. You know, but I definitely try to go to Kentucky and um and, and Texas. You know, to just learn more from these two great mentors. How did how did you come across Shaka? And Shaka, I just met him uh, one day at a uh, coaching clinic down at um uh, down in Virginia. Uh, Joe Wooten's uh, uh, yeah. uh, coaches clinic, right? And he put his number on a uh, on a on a CD, and he said, "Call if you have any questions." He gave us all the coaches. So I waited a, a, maybe a year or two. I ended up calling, and and I got his. I heard the voicemail. I was like, "Man, is this is this really happening?" So next thing you know, I called, and he was at VCU. And then from there, you know, we text, we called, and I finally got a chance to meet him four years ago at University of uh, Texas. And the relationship has just been unbelievable. I mean, I can text him now, and he'll probably get back to me uh, probably within the next 10 or 15 minutes. I texted him the other night, you know, telling him a good road victory uh, that they had against um, uh, Kansas State. How often do you talk to Coach Cal? Uh, Cal, during the season, uh, it, it, it's kind of hit or miss yeah, because, because he's, he's really he's, busy he's, right, yeah. recruiting and everything. Right. Um, but, it, but if I text him at the beginning of the month, I'll probably get something maybe at the end. But other than that, during the summer, you know, I can pretty much stay in touch with him. I mean – how difficult is it to recruit at that level? I mean, I mean, with, with I mean, people th- see corruption. They see all these things going on in college basketball. I mean, how difficult is the recruiting game? How 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 dirty is the recruiting game at the highest level? Well, dirty, I'm not for certain, but right. I can tell you, difficult. I can tell you this. I, I'm sure it's difficult because if you see uh, John Calipari coming to your uh, into your living room, and you got Mike Shishetsky coming into your living room, you got all these big time college coaches. Now it becomes, you know, w- what is your priority? What is your preference? You know, because every parent's going to look that coach in the eye and say, make sure you take care of my baby. Make sure nothing happens to my baby. And, and that's going to be the biggest thing because the responsibility now falls back onto that coach. So it's definitely a, a tough process uh, because not only you have to sell your program, but the biggest thing you have to do as a college coach and a college recruiter, you have to be honest. And, and not only being honest, you got to be transparent. Because if you can do those things, I think you can win over some good student-athletes. How appalled were you by the situation now with the University of Maryland and their football program? You know, I, I tell you, it, it, it's a very unfortunate thing that happened. Um, and, and, and I'm sure that Maryland is, is taking the right steps. I actually correct it and, and praying that, you know, not only Maryland, but this doesn't happen, you know, to any other institution because, you know, it, it, it's really something sad, you know, that had transpired. And, and very unfortunate that it happened because uh, uh, me personally, I think it all could have been prevented. Right. I mean, you just said when a college coach steps into your living room, they are charged, number one, with keeping keeping the kid safe and, and, and protecting them, obviously. So it, the well-being of the player. Exactly. And then the other coaches that are basically connected to the program, they, they got to have the same feeling. They just can't say, hey, we just won John Doe over. He's coming to our institution. They got to be on the same mindset as the head person in there. We all got to They all have to be on the same page. Did you know uh, Jamie and Christian? He was a Virginia uh, Virginia guy yes. uh, mm-hmm. uh, at Mount St. Mary's. Yep. Now, now he's at now Sienna. He's at Sienna. Uh, right, yes. yeah, exactly. How, how many college coaches do you know? Like how how, wow. how, how well-networked are you in, in, in the college coaching ranks? I imagine pretty much. It, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a good bit, um, I, and, and I like to stay connected, whether it's uh, texting them at New Year's or texting them about players that we may have. Right, just a quick message every um, once in yeah, a while. Yeah. Exactly, and, and, and that's the whole thing is that, you know, you have to be able to network. 
Um, and even if a coach that you meet says, no, I'm not going to give you the information, that's fine. You just move on to the next one because what you're trying to do is set yourself up for the next person to have an opportunity to, to play at their institution. So basketball is a year-round endeavor for you pretty much, right? Uh, pretty much, yes. It, it's, it's always been that way. You, yes. You, you, you love it that much. So uh, what, do you, what do you love the most about your job coaching and, and just, just what, the, what the game has brought you? I, I, I just think that the biggest thing that I enjoy about uh, coaching is able to be able to reach and teach and give back. Um, you know, the same thing that was given to you. And, and, and if we don't do that or if I don't do that as a coach, you know, I, I'm not being very successful because I have to be able to, you know, put my players in, in, in good situations. As I tell them all, as long as you do the right thing in the classroom, we'll make sure that other things happen at the next level. He is uh, Daryl White, and you do radio work too, right? Yes, uh, I do. On, on WFMD when time allows. But but you mentioned something to me before we came on here. You say, I always love to do the radio games, but yeah. I'd rather be coaching while we were on the radio rather than, 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 than sitting in the broadcaster's Right. Chair, One of the right? things I always tell Pete is that I, I enjoy uh, doing a, a radio. I, I think it's great uh, being close to the game other than coaching. I just don't like doing the games during the state playoffs because that should be us playing and you should be on the radio talking about our team as opposed to us talking about another team what do you think of the run the frederick girls have made in the last two years winning, st winning uh, state good, titles yeah uh, good program um very humble program uh, good leadership and, and that's what it takes dedication and, and and if you can be dedicated and and be with your girls uh on and off the court year round you can only ask for one thing and have one thing and that's uh, truly success Daryl White, the head coach of Tuscarora, his Titans are seven and two, hoping to make a big, big run in the in the 3A West this year. Daryl, uh, we wish you a lot of success and look forward to seeing your team play. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate all the support that you guys give us and the coverage. You know, you guys are you know simply the best. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, and you're still doing your All Star, um, your Frederick County All Star. Yes, you, you still run that. Yes, we do. Yeah, okay, I, I still do that, and that'll be uh, sometime in March. Uh, the, uh, look forward to the date. Uh, coming up where we'll actually do the um, Freddie County Coaches All-Star. Yeah, before I let you go, how, how does that all come together? Oh, that That's great. Uh, my wife, who's basically my right-hand person, or basically maybe the lead person in this, uh, uh, that's that's coming along real well. This year, this past year, we did something a little different. Uh, we named the two scholarships after two legends here at Frederick County. Uh, the Jack Griffin uh, Scholarship Award winner, which was the male, I mean the female athlete, and then the male athlete, uh, uh, got the Ron Engel uh, scholarship award. Oh, so, very, you know, very so, nice. So we really wanted to we, we, yeah, change we, we, it a little we, bit. we lost both those guys, unfortunately. Absolutely. Uh, Two in, great in, pillars in the community. In, in recent years. So, Daryl, we wish you well. Um, my, my thanks to John Cannon for coming on earlier, to Graham Cullen for producing, Colin McGuire's band Double Motorcycle. Uh, glad to be back here in 2019 on The Final Score. Happy New Year to everyone, and we will see you next week with another episode.